0: If you had to go back and talk to your biological father, what would you say? Oh,
1: I've thought about that a lot. What I really want to say is, you know, how how did you think that uh, doing what you're doing is more important than hanging out with your kid? I was driven to make a life exactly the opposite. I didn't like the pain. We had a lot of financial drama. We were living paycheck to paycheck. But Jay, people try to not to go into that thing all the time. The pivotal moment for me was I saw Lou Holtz. He was then head football coach at the University of Notre Dame. And this is what changed my life. He said, there's only three things that will change you from where you're at today, the books you read, the people you meet, and the dreams you dream. I didn't know what a relationship looked like. I didn't know how to handle money. I didn't know how to get a job. I was the first guy to go through college. I need to figure this out. And the only way I can do it, if I don't have a dad, is to find people who can speak into my life. Single
0: dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? Why you mad? Hail, hail, the gang is all here. Welcome back to another episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad? And we are here. Clark, from now on, I'm going to start saying what date it is so that people know when we're actually recording. Because sometimes, you know, with uh, so many bullets in the clip, we don't get to uh, push uh, episodes out. So today is 7-19, and it is p.m eastern standard time how was your week my week is good i think i mentioned last time my eldest daughter took off to miami uh so she went on a little vacation you know i've got to pick her up from the airport tonight and get the debriefing and uh see how that all went so she's flying in and you know the the other two are doing well you know back here with me and making a mess in my kitchen sculpting something i don't know what's going on to your side of the world uh, nothing much. I'm getting ready to uh, closing the door on that deal I was telling you about. We are scheduled right now for the 30th, so we'll see what happens. But, um, while we're here, let's not waste no time, right? Well, um, Miles just went to bed. I'm out here <laughs> in the living room by myself. I'm sure he will make his way out here at some point to go to the bathroom to get something, some water or something, right? That's, that's the of A five-year-old. But we are here with the guest, and we are going to allow this guest, as we normally do, to uh, introduce themselves and tell everybody as much as they would like about themselves. And then we'll get into our question
1: and answer. Go ahead. All right, David and Clark, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's great to meet you guys. In a little uh, session uh, Clark and I had before uh, for a couple minutes, I I do appreciate what you guys are doing. I love that you uh, are active dads. Uh, You're figuring out life as you you go. You're learning things. You're sharing them. You have the right heart. And that's what drew me to uh, reach out to you because I I truly do applaud you and what you're doing. And you've got uh, got other things going on. And this is just something that's a passion project for you. So thank you for uh, how you're helping other people. Okay, so thank um, you for being here. To, you know, yes, point. what name can we refer to you as? Uh, you can refer to me as Jay Millar. We can call you Jay Millar. Okay. You can call me Jay. Uh, it's hard. I don't have any nicknames. Jay doesn't really lend to many well, nicknames. So, so you can so just call so, me Jay. So sometimes
0: people want to remain mm-hmm. anonymous for obvious reasons and then for some reasons that are not so obvious, right? But I as know. long as you're okay with it, we're okay with it. Jay, where do you live?
1: Uh, I live just outside of Denver, Colorado. Just outside Uh, of
0: Denver, Colorado. What time is it out there in Denver, Colorado? It
1: is uh, two hours before you. It's just (laughs) at uh, 8 p.m. mountain time. Mountain time. Okay. What's the weather like out there right now? It's about 90, dry, and uh, warm. You guys are going through one of those droughts out there? Are you going through a drought? Uh, Denver, by definition, is kind of in a high desert, so we're generally pretty dry. Uh, You know, living at a mile above sea level, there's not a lot of humidity up here, and... um, so yeah, it's generally dry, and uh, we, we we get a lot of rain, but uh, it's uh, it's it's not like it is where you guys live, where you you got to change shirts every hour uh, right. because uh, With the humidity. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: like, yeah, it, it, it's funny because people say that about about the weather. It's like, oh, you know, it's not humid; it's a dry heat. That's you know, whether you boil something or bake something, you're still cooking.
1: <laughs> we, we can get in the shade and it feels cool. I don't think you, you, you have that luxury in, in some parts of the East Coast or in the Midwest. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, you had a I question, have, David? Yeah, Jay, how old are you? Uh, I am 54 years old. And how many kids do you have, Jay? Uh, I've been married for 25 years and I have three boys 24, 22, and 20. One is uh, married, and uh, the other two are in college still. And you are married now? I am married now, yep. Um, And uh, how long have you been married now, 20, what'd you say? Uh, 25 years. And prior to that? Uh, I got married in my late uh, 20s, so no, uh, just just a guy going through college and figuring out my way. Okay, so Jay, normally, right,
0: we ask the question like, you know, um, Clark, go ahead. Well, normally when we have a guest on, we ask the question of how the fuck did you get here? You know, our foundational question, meaning, you know, for most of our guests, you know, they're coming on with the best of intentions saying, you know, I found this person, I love this person, or at least really like this person in the moment that we had this kid. And with the best of intentions, how did I end up as a single parent? Not necessarily your case, but you you could use that time to tell people, how you found us and kind of where you thought the synergies lie when you reached out.
1: Yeah. what Project you're working on. I kind of grew, I was on the other end. I kind of grew up in that. I I didn't necessarily have a a single mom. Uh, My parents divorced when I was 10. So I grew up in a home uh, filled with alcoholism and domestic violence. And my parents divorced when I was 10. Uh, My mom quickly remarried and, uh, married a, a younger guy and he was on his own journey. So what that meant to me is, you know, I was just trying to figure out my way in, in the world. I was, uh, going through a lot of anger, you know, why is, uh, uh, you know, why isn't my dad showing up? Where, where is he? Right. And that's what I love about you. That's why I was drawn to you guys. Cause you're showing up and you're trying to make a difference. You're trying to be in your active in your, uh, in your children's life. But as a young man, I didn't feel that. I mean, I had, uh, uh, I think my dad loved me, but he was ill. He passed uh, almost 25 years ago. Um, we had uh, probably as good a relationship as we ever had around the time that he passed. Uh, but I went through a lot of anger, like, you know, at, at, at the distinct times in my life when I was going through critical moments, you know, going to college or getting married or having a kid, you know, and you want a dad just to say, hey, little help you know what what, what's going on I felt uh, I felt like I had to figure out every step along the way on my own and the reason I think I felt I had to figure out everything along the way is uh, one I was pretty naive I thought I thought I was the only cat that didn't know anything and now that I'm looking back I just chuckle because a lot of us don't know what's going on and we're figuring out step by step even if we did have a great father uh, but you don't want to be—you don't want to show weakness. You don't want to feel weak around your friends and ask some of those questions and say that you don't know what it's all about. And uh, a lot of times you don't know what to do. So uh, I would get passive at those times in my life. And if uh, if there was something critical, I'd kind of say, "Oh, I don't know what to do," and I'd get passive and just hope it—you know—the whole situation blew over. And that's not the best way to act as a man. Uh, you right. can you can get into a lot of trouble if you do that, and I did.
0: So going going a little bit back to 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 the family situation so you said you had a stepdad who was on his own journey yep did you ever develop a relationship with him where you could ask him questions in that way
1: or, or you know i mean even now as a
0: 50 some odd year old
1: yeah he passed away as well uh he had he had some other uh troubles <laughs> later in life when he was uh, married to my mom he was uh he he was just like this loving soul who just didn't know uh, where to go. He had experimented with some uh, some some substances, uh, you know, drug type substances, and and uh, he was in and out of that. Um, ultimately, that's what ended up getting him. So I had a, I had a father that died of alcoholism and a and a stepfather that uh, had trouble with uh, other substance abuse. Holy oh, Hannah. And yeah. you and did you grow up in Colorado or? or yeah, I was born and raised. I'm a, I'm a native. I left for a few years to so join the military. Uh, lived in uh, uh, back then. It was West Germany uh, for a couple of years to get the GI Bill so I could pay my way through college. But uh, other than that, I've primarily been in Colorado. But you know, traveling around the world for business and things like that. But uh, always lived here. So so let's turn and and
0: look at you know, your journey now. So growing up in Colorado, you have, you know, quite a bit of anger from that, that your father not being in place and not necessarily, you know, being as active with you as you would like. Your stepdad, who, you know, most people would think was come in and fill those shoes. He's going through through his own problems and, and his own demons. So now you're, you're, you're kind of left to your own device to figure these things out. So, so Clark, that's a good point, right? So that gets back to the question. Then how the fuck did you get here, where you are a man, right, Clark? Is this where you were going? That's that's exactly where I was headed. So you, who who didn't fuck it up, who didn't, you know, um, get stuck up in alcohol, and I don't know. I'm just asking. Maybe you did. You had your own stint, and you came out of it. I have no idea. But how is it that you did not fall into that trap, and you did stay there and raise your kids, and you know? Uh, all the other stuff that goes along
1: with it, how and a maintain fuck? a marriage for twenty-five years. Because yeah,
0: how that's the, fuck what I wanted. the fuck
1: did you get there? <laughs> well, like I said, I wanted. I was driven uh, from the time I was in adolescence, so we'll say middle school, high school, to make a life exactly the opposite. I didn't like the pain. We had a lot of financial drama. We we're living paycheck to paycheck. I remember, you know, but people, the but, but,
0: but 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 Jay, people live that. People try to not to go into that thing all the time. You understand okay. what I'm saying? Uh, like- the, the
1: the pivotal moment for me was I was in my early 20s, and this was before um, you know YouTube and all those things. You had to like catch stuff because you couldn't go back and you know watch it right. Um, so I was uh, I was uh, watching a college football game. And uh, I saw Lou Holtz, he was then head football coach at the University of Notre Dame. He said something, this is what changed my life. He said, there's only three things that will change you from where you're at today to where you're going to be five years from now. And I internalized that to mean for the rest of my life. And he said, those three things are the books you read, the people you meet, and the dreams you dream. And I internalized that to mean, okay, I don't have a father speaking into my life, but I can create... tap, I can can create a set of advisors, a virtual set of advisors. I didn't use that that language when I was in my early 20s, but I thought it. I said, I can get a tapestry of people, either mentors or or books. I mean, there's the, you know, books are are sharing some things that have stood the test of time, best practices. So I said, I'm going to intentionally put those things together. I didn't know what a relationship looked like. I didn't know how to handle money. I didn't know how to get a job. I was the first guy to go through college. And I said, I need I need to figure this out. And the only way I can do it, if I don't have a dad, is uh, to to find people who who can uh, speak into my life. And you and you came to this what in a fairly young age, right? I was in my early twenties. And, and oh, by the way, I went to the University of Colorado, and we hated Notre Dame. So I didn't even like Lou Holtz. I didn't want to listen to him at the moment. But it was it was great advice. He borrowed that term from another uh, motivational speaker in the sixties named. They Charlie. always do. They always do. Yeah, no, nothing new. But it was Charlie Tremendous Jones who who said that in the sixties. I never heard Charlie Tremendous Jones until I did some research on it. But but that's really when I said, okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna do this? And. Um, uh, and so that, that, that's what really launched me on my journey. That's why I call it my virtual dad, which is which is what I'm I'm, I'm doing to help mentor other people is, you know, you might not always have a father speaking into your life. So uh, put together one of your own, build your own. That's going to be helpful and good. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that, you know, at such a young age, you had the ability to introspect like that or
0: even receive the message when it came. Right. Yeah, and, and when you think about messaging. You know, or how we how we receive things when the universe is talking to us, as it were. Yeah, you know, it's really dependent on where you are, or what you're doing, and what your mindset is. Because you could have completely been in a totally different space, as you mentioned, like him. Uh, ah, Little old not listening to anything he has to say. Turn the volume down to completely listen. <laughs> right, this epiphany that right. My virtual dad. Talk about it.
1: Well. Uh, uh, you know so it all i mean i started uh that intentionality of reaching out to men i, I formed some uh, men's groups uh 20 25 years ago i just wanted to get around to other guys again that's why i was drawn to you guys you're you you're, you're you're broadcasting and sharing lessons that uh that will benefit others but uh you know back then we had to get together we had to, we had to go to uh, coffee shops or breakfast or or sit in a conference room and and we generally just read a book. It was it was a faith based uh, men's group, but we would read anything. I mean, we'd read uh, Lone Survivor. We would read uh, you know some bestseller and just talk about, hey, how does this impact our life? Maybe maybe we'd talk about finances so we could get a little smarter on that. Maybe we would we did some, uh, some uh, books where we talk about you know things that could trip us up. We did a pornography, you know. You know, uh, don't don't get don't walk down that that deep dark path of uh, pornography, right? We every man has a battle that they fight with things like that. So, just kind of started a history of uh, of of trying to uh, reach out to other men and and um, you know help each other out through life. And I could learn from some, and I could teach others. So it was kind of both ends of the spectrum. I'd, I'd also I'd learn and I would teach.
0: So do you guys have like a website or an, uh, or an Instagram or a Facebook following? What or No. You... Uh,
1: so uh, our men's group, no, we just, you know, these, some of these guys I've been meeting with for uh, 20 years. One of them is my brother, Dean, who's uh, been, he's, he's, he's one of the heroes of my life. So uh, he's four years older than me. He kind of has uh, really helped guide me, uh, you know, when I was younger and even today we're, we're, we're very close, but uh so then uh, about five years ago, I started uh, mentoring like my nephew. Uh, he and I weren't really close. And he'd say, hey, Uncle Jay, I'm kind of um, struggling with some stuff. You know, can we talk? And we'd, we'd go to a coffee shop and we'd sit down and we'd talk through some things. And, and he was going through some hard times. Um, but then he would say, hey, you know my, my buddy Ryan wants to join too. Can can he come in and talk? <laughs> and, and so this, this pattern started to emerge and it's like, you know, some of it's just really emotional dealing with your stuff from the past. I mean, the wounds of, of, of how you got to where you're at, we've all got wounds. Uh, we probably spent half the time talking about wounds. And then we spent about half the time talking about practical stuff. Like I'm interviewing for a job. Can you teach me how to do that? Um, my finances are a wreck. I'm in, I'm, I'm deep in debt or, you know, what should I do, <laughs> you know, uh, things like that. So, uh, just, just started, uh, and then the pandemic hit and that's, that was kind of the other, the, the final pivot point is we couldn't get together in coffee shops. So, uh, started pulling together zoom meetings like this, uh, just to help, help people out while they were, uh, you know, we're all in our own homes locked down. And so, and how many people
0: um, you know when you when you uh, get together now? How many uh, people do you think you got on? Or what's your following? What's the size of your community at?
1: Uh, the community is just growing. I've done a few pilot uh, projects uh, with uh, different men's groups. I've done some younger uh, men. I've done some older men. So I'm just trying. I'm trying to tune it. I have a 90 day boot camp, and I'm I'm really not here trying to promote it, other than to say you know, hey, men, you're but not alone. But I think alone. it's a good idea that
0: people hear this. I think it's, I mean. Oh, yeah. I, uh,
1: I just want men, first and foremost, to know they're not alone. I mean, I, I beat myself up. I had this talk track going on that I was the only guy going through this and I wasn't smart enough to figure it out and everybody else had it figured out. I mean, when when you go through alcoholism and domestic violence in the 70s, it's taboo. You don't talk about it. You don't talk about it. And so we just kind of, you know, shrouded ourselves in a little bit of shame and uh, we just dealt with it uh, the best we could. You know, today we're better talking about depression. And if, if I mean, if women are in danger, I'm hoping we're talking about it. I still know it's out there. It breaks my heart every time I hear a story about that. But um, uh, so I'm doing pilots and I've got a 90 day boot camp just just for men who are saying, hey, I haven't had a father and I want to get on track um i'm starting some other things like a quick start pre-marriage thing if you want to increase the chances of success in marriage there's no guarantee but boy we can get better than the 40 to 50 you know divorce rate we can uh you know if you you sit down and you talk about things like finances and in-laws and kids and you know nothing's perfect but you you can get a little bit further down the road faster and uh, try to avoid some bear traps along the way. Yeah, I, I think I think that makes absolute sense,
0: right? So there's a couple of things that you you mentioned through the through the my virtual dad that I think are really great. Yeah, and like in in our some of our pre-conversations and emails, I believe the way you phrase it is like, "Shit, I wish my dad had said." <laughs> yeah. Right. And like that that really struck a chord with me, because you know there's so many dudes that I have conversations with, you know, whether it be older guys who are giving me information or younger guys who come to me for information, you know kind of kind of that same place. And a lot of it when when you're seeking that information is, God, I wish my dad had said this to me, or I wish I had a dad to say this stuff to me. Right? so there, there's absolutely that void in that gap. So you know you, you're you're definitely providing you know a helpful service. And the fact that you know, what you're leading into with marriage, right, is another thing. You know, like I I mentioned to you, I'm one of five siblings. And me and my siblings talk about marriage and, and, and dating and coupling and so forth a lot. And we always talk about the idea that as, as single people, we have no idea what marriage truly entails. Like we're not we're not told what the the actual process looks like when you get into it and how ill prepared. The average person is and why you know the divorce rate is so high because people go into something it's one thing and don't have the conversation the love to level set. say so yeah I, I, you know, as you mentioned like kind of how you're doing your outreach man it's stuff that's necessary um jay if you had to go back and talk to your biological father
1: what would you say oh i've thought about that a lot i i would you know um one i would say i have forgiven Uh, I don't know if he wants forgiveness, but uh, I don't think he was happy uh, throughout his life. I think he beat himself up a lot. So where did Uh, he come from? What was his story that you think may have led him to where he got to? That's a great uh, that's a great question. As far as I can decipher, um, he didn't have this model by his father. Um, And I don't know that to be absolute fact. Um, I know his mother went through a lot of depression again back in the 60s. It wasn't. You know, saying things like depression and bipolar, and I—I I don't know what she was. She was in and out of mental hospitals. Fuck up, young man. Fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I would say, early, you know, I—you I, know—what I really want to say is, you know, how how did you think that uh, doing what you're doing is more important than hanging out with your kid? I, that just mystifies me. That's a question I'd ask him. And if you had to
0: do the same thing for your stepdad, what would you say to him, or what would you ask him?
1: Oh man, I'd probably—you know—I'd like to take him under. Uh, under my wing now, looking back, uh, he was, he was, uh, he was the exact opposite of my dad in the sense that he was a very loving man. You know, there was no domestic violence. He didn't have a, he had a, he had a wonderful heart, um, you know, loved my mom, uh, the best he could, but he was totally struggling with basics in life, like, you know, jobs and finance. And, you know, he didn't have any confidence in any other aspects of like running a household. He was just kind of this, this uh, lost soul going around, you know, almost like a he had a gypsy like mentality. He just wanted to go, go, go around and just be friendly to everybody, but uh, didn't have any uh, any any serious responsibility. Your mom, what would you say to her? I talked to her. Uh, you know, I, I we, we live close to each other. Uh, we love each other. Uh, we we talk often. I help her. She helps me. Um, and we talked about it. I, I, I recorded another, a similar podcast. Uh, so, so wait a minute now. You say you talked about it. Be clear uh, we talked about, we, we it talked about, we, we talk about our relationship and, and we have a slight disagreement. I would love to be closer to my mom. Um, yeah. I would love to be closer to my mom and have a deeper relationship. Uh, she thinks she's very comfortable with where we're at. And, um, uh, I, I do help her a lot. I help her with, with finances, and and uh, we're getting ready. She's almost 80. We're, we're looking at, you know, the next steps in her life, and I try to support her as much as I can, but we don't have a deep emotional relationship.
0: I mean, Are, and, and do you have a deep emotional relationship with your mama, the woman I call mama also? Do you have a deep emotional relationship with her? You, you know, what, what's really interesting is I feel like and my siblings and I talk about this a lot too, my parents have gotten, my parents got a lot more emotional over time. Right? And even though my mother is far more emotional, like whenever I describe my mother, I call her the most loving, caring, supportive, and verbally abusive one who ever <laughs> Right. By the way, Mia told me about some of that, but keep going. Right. So, so I, like my mom, my mom would be the person who encouraged you, by the way, you, 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 you got to be, you, or you, you got to see, Barbara's son took the same test last week and he's a fucking idiot. You're smarter than him. He's not, he's not smarter than you, is he? Okay. Get in there and do better. Like you need, you know, she, she's not a person of mince words. And like even when she met my ex-wife, you know, she I remember my ex-wife going, like, I don't I don't know if your mom likes me. And then, or you know, there was some conversation she was having with somebody about it. And they go, Did she hit you yet? Did she smack you in the head? So, yeah, she smacked me that because I said something or I did something, and she was like, "Oh." So, yeah, she likes you because if she didn't, she'd just ignore me. and that's like that's my mom's nature. And so, so I'm sorry. No, so I was just saying, like, you know, in terms of emotional connectivity, like there's that love and support and so forth. But but I think it's very much a generational thing. My mom
1: is my mom is pushing eighty as well, and there are certain things you just push down and you you don't talk about. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right, Clark. I think a lot of it is emotional and, and just what they were brought up with. Um, you know, not a lot of active parents back uh, when, when my parents were growing up. Oh
0: yeah. You know, so, like, so I was I fortunate enough to break down some of that barrier with my mom, right? Um, I was a piece of shit growing up as a teenager, okay? <laughs> Literally, I was a piece of shit, right? I used to steal shit out the house, I used to do all kind of fucking bullshit, right? I had my stunt with running out, um, hanging out late, and drinking 40s and, and smoking marijuana. I did all of that sort of stuff, right? And then I decided at some point around you know, 23, 24 to get my life together, right? And I remember I was talking to some friends you know, who were also trying to get their lives together. A bunch of them were older than me. And so one of them came to me and said, you know, Dave, I hear you talk like that. Did you ever think to go back to your mom and like apologize for being such a piece of shit when you were going? I was like, oh shit, are you serious? And then I went and I did it, right? And I noticed that our relationship changed after that, right? And and she just started treating me different. And one of the ways she treated me different, and I didn't even realize this, was that um, I'm the youngest of five, right? When it came time when she knew she was going on and she knew she was sick, she called me. How do you call the person who was known as the black sheep of the family in to come and take care of your affairs? And I didn't know that's what she was calling me for. So I called the rest of my brothers and sisters and we're all meeting up at the house. And when it's all over, she says to me, what did you do that for? I didn't call them. I called you. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't know. I was a black sheep of the family. I didn't know that I had gone from the from the worst to the best? Well the you you understand what I'm saying? But I, I guess all I'm really trying to say is uh uh that happened when I went first and and exposed myself.
1: Maybe I should try that more often. That's Maybe what she... vulnerability does when yes. you go and you yes. confess and yes. you say, Hey, I'm sorry about this. I mean I think my mom is extraordinarily strong. She got married, she got divorced in like nineteen seventy seven. Uh, I think she had a part-time job, but had no credit. Like her name wasn't even on the bank account. And you weren't allowed back then. Yes, you weren't allowed. And so it's like, how is she going to take over things like mortgages and pay for it? It's very scary, yeah. you know. Uh, not as it's not like that today at all. But she was very very strong to get out of a an abusive relationship. But she didn't really have Plan B, you know. Like, how's this going to work out? She just knew she had to get out of it. Yeah. We, we talk about like flying the plane and changing the oil at the same
0: time. And she's literally like, you know, building the plane yeah. and having an airboard at the same time. You, know, she, you could you could sense that it was one of those things that you struggle to figure it out as you're going along. Um, so tell us a bit about the, the, the family you've built yourself. Right. So, you know, you're married, you married for 25 years. You know, and I think that that correct me if I'm wrong, that, that, <laughs> that level setting and a, and a lot of that, you know, the, the kind of grace that you're talking about. So talk to us a bit about that. And then, you know, hopefully
1: the parenting part of it. You know, yeah. You know, David, you uh, you said, you know, you're 23, 24 when you uh, decided to uh, get your life together. I mean, that's ironically and uh, coincidentally when the, the frontal lobe develops. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell that i told that to my boys since they were young. I said, yeah, you're going to you're going to think I'm really dumb now, but when you're in your, your early 20s, you're going to think I got a lot smarter in a short amount of time, right? And uh, by the time you get 40, you'll think I'm a fucking genius. You can say You're <laughs> My dad was a
0: fucking genius when he turned 40. What I the fuck think. was I talking about?
1: Yeah. So, uh, but no, I mean, you know, it's, it's a combination. Uh, I think, what do you, how do you describe your mom, uh, Clark? The most loving, loving,
0: caring, supportive and verbally abusive person. At the
1: yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I call it slap and tickle. I mean, you, uh, you encourage them uh, along the way, but, uh, but you try to call them out on your, on their, on their stuff and uh, let them, they, they want to know boundaries. So they, they, they've, they've got to know that you care. Um, so try to do that. And I, I've tried to pour into their life. I mean, that was one of the things pivotal moments on this journey was when I turned 50 and I was writing that letter. You know, what would I tell myself if I could go back and talk to 20 year old Jay? And I was like, oh, I got a 20 year old. How would I just write this to him? You know, I mean, save him a lot of the hassle. Right. And and <laughs> I could have been the, a punk ass kid as well if if I had a dad speaking into my life and, and kind of guiding me, I could have been that guy that said, no, nah, no, nah, I got it figured out. I mean, I could have been that guy in my in my late teens, right? But I think what's uh, really uh, helped out is being vulnerable. I've, I've shared with them a bunch of the mistakes that I've made, right? Like, hey, guys, <laughs> there's nothing you can bring me that I, that's worse than something that I did myself. And I can guarantee that. Um, so bring it to me. if 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 something goes wrong, call me, make me the first call. Don't try to don't try to go into a cave. Uh, I don't think you're perfect. I don't want you to think I'm perfect. You know, and that's why I shared with him a bunch of the mistakes that I told him how I, I drank and drove in high school a bunch. I should be dead. I should absolutely be dead. and i'm I'm ashamed of it. I'm not proud of it. I'm glad I didn't kill myself or somebody else. But I share stuff like that with them. And I think that leads to, to some uh, credibility. And they, they they know my heart. They, they know in my heart that I care. So um, that's that's how I've tried to be with them. And I call it slap and tickle or grace and truth. You know, uh, give them grace if they make a mistake and, you know, give them the truth that they need to hear. Uh, because Sometimes you do get those hard truths, just like your mom, Clark, go study harder. You can, you're smarter than that kid, <laughs> you know, uh, get out there and do it. it it's interesting because that's kind of
0: the approach I take with my kids, you know, because my kids are a bit older, you know, 20, 14, and 13. And absolutely the conversation about making me the first call. You know, if you get into a situation, like, and, you know, my phrasing tends to be a little bit more abrasive, but I'm like, listen, first off, don't make me the asshole. Like if I'm if I'm gonna go in and I'm going to back for you, I'm gonna articulate for you, I'm going to war for you. Don't give me faulty information. Yeah. Right? Don't 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 make me that guy because then the truth comes to light and now I'm fighting a fight that didn't need to be fought for somebody who's in the wrong. Don't 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 do that to me. Secondly, let me know what I'm working with so I can help you get out of it. because I have a vested interest in mm-hmm. to making sure that you're safe and making sure that you come out of the equation. Better off than you were before, or or with at least less harm, right? Work with me. Let's have the conversation. And and I think their their comfort in having that conversation, those conversations with me, stems from what what you've said by right? granting that grace and granting that truth. Say, okay, you know what? I don't expect you to be perfect. School is probably the only place in the world in your life where people expect you to be great at everything. That's fine. You know, and when you mess up, hey, we're human. That's what happens. And the truth. Sometimes you, you got to give them the hard truth. But it builds that rapport and it builds that level of comfort so that they will come to you. I only have a five-year-old. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing about this. <laughs> um, but uh, the only thing I can tell you is that uh, he has uh, a phone, his own phone. And he puts it on a stand and he takes it into the bathroom. And whenever he's taking the bath or a shower, he sits it up on the stool in the bathroom so he can watch videos while he's in the tub, whatever else it is, right? And I have told his ass a hundred times, do not put the phone near the fucking tub. A hundred times I've said this shit to him. And then the other day, I'm saying the other day, it was a while ago, he comes Mm -hmm. out to me and he says to me, the phone uh, is in the water. And I said, what? And he said, the phone fell in the water. I go in, and yeah, the phone was literally in the water, and it was still playing, and I took it out. It didn't get wet. I guess it had the cover around it, so the water didn't seep in whatever else it is. And I said to him, Miles, thank you for coming to tell me. I want you to feel like you can come and tell me whatever it is. Don't be afraid to come tell me. I may get mad at you. I may get upset at you, but you should still just come tell me. Do not be afraid to come tell me. And then I tried to kiss him, and he says he's too big
1: to kiss him and he said that. Uh, but <laughs> he's too big to kiss? Uh, uh, and he's five now, right? He's too big to kiss uh, I think I did five. that exact so, uh, thing to my dad at age seven, or age six or seven. I think it was six. One mm-hmm. night, yeah, I kissed my mom and dad goodnight when, you know, they were still married when I was that young. And I walked up, I said, I can't kiss anymore. And I shook his hand. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Prepare for a life in sales. We were like,
0: yeah, with daughters, it's usually them who draw the line. At some point, like, can you not kiss me? Can you not? And then when they get older, they're you know they're they're a lot better about it. My oldest daughter is is huggy and kissy. The two younger ones not as much. But you talk about like the 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 relationship with with their parents and you know the emotional vulnerability that comes with time because with my dad my dad my sisters who always say my dad and mom were not huggers and kissers when they were growing up but then as they got older
1: like especially when they were in their teens and leaving the house my parents became more into like hugging and kissing i had a mentor give me that advice he says hey when they're in their teens hug them and kiss them all you can the boys yeah uh, they're going to be greasy they're going to be smelly uh, they're not going to want it, but that's when they need it the most. And, uh, I, I bought into that and, uh, hug them all I can. That's, I mean, it makes a my difference.
0: Are 39 and 41. And every time I see them, I try to kiss them. I was with my family over the weekend and my older cousins, whatever else it is. Whenever I hug them, I always give them a kiss on the cheek, but, um, guys, uh, we've been at this for a little while. Um, need to wind down
1: jay it was really good talking to you thanks for having me on again i'm fans here so uh, keep doing what you're doing how did you find us uh i did a search for uh, uh i think i did a search as something like men helping men and um you came up along there somewhere you know and uh and how many episodes would you say you've listened to so far uh probably five or six Five or six. Good. I wrote you about those in those you. letters. Yeah, yeah. Um, boy, I'm drawing a blank. It's uh, the, the the gal who was uh, was in a domestic violence situation. I listened yes. to that. I mean, you can tell that it that, that hit close to home to me, and I just wanted to see what it was like and how somebody else navigated that situation. So, um, And uh, the, the guy uh, from the UK, I think that was a two-part episode as well. Uh, yes, his, yes. His, uh, uh, his son and uh and being active in his life well so, shout out to David and yes.
0: miles today because today is uh his son's birthday his first birthday
1: his is his it, it it is oh,
0: i gotta set up perfect all right um and you got
1: wilson on the wall i got wilson you know when the pandemic hit uh, i used to have just a blank wall back there and i uh just invested a few bucks and a little bit of time put up interesting things we're all on a uh castaways on an island during the pandemic when we had to work at home so i uh, needed a Needed a buddy there to uh, to help me out to talk to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at you, it's, especially with twenty something kids. You probably spend a lot
0: of time with nobody to talk to. <laughs> right, so, Mark, anything you want to add before we close out there, buddy? Yeah. So, actually, really quickly, Jay, where where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you're doing, or if they say, "Hey, I kind of need somebody to give me a little bit of direction."
1: Yeah, yeah. Reach out to me at uh, myvirtualdad.net is the uh, the website, and you can contact me there. And my my email is j j a y at myvirtualdad.net. So you can reach out there. I've got a newsletter. I I, I send it out. Uh, got a pretty good following. I'll talk to them about uh, this podcast on there as well. And, um, you know, I just try to send out a helpful tip every other week. It's, it's nothing big. I know people are busy and they don't have time to read a lot of stuff, but, uh, try to send out something helpful to, uh, to men help, uh, help support them. I think uh, my final comment is: I think men are in danger as well. I mean, and that's, that's the final thing that I'm really trying to reach out to men feel alone. Men, the, the, you know, the depression, the substance abuse, the suicide rate, the, uh, the, the dropouts, all those things for men are just way above that. For women. And it's not in vogue to talk about helping men right now, but men need help. And uh, I I truly do have a heart because, again, I I think men don't want to feel weak and they don't want to, they don't want to show that they don't know what's going on. And uh, they have a more difficult time connecting than women do in general. Uh, Don't like to make broad brush statements, but I think they do. So, you know, reach out. If it's not me, reach out to a buddy. <laughs> reach out to somebody else. Uh, you're not alone. We're all fighting a battle, and uh, there's help out there for you if you're if you're feeling like you're struggling. That that was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You know, you said something very interesting in your relationship
0: with your with your son. You said, "Don't go into your cave," and that's an analogy that I that I often share with with the women in my life when dealing with men. you know, with women when they're emotionally hurt, physically hurt, what have you they they look for community, they look for support. I said you have to think of men as like wolves or, or bears. Yeah. You know, a wounded animal is going to retreat to its den. It's going to retreat to its cave. And you know, sometimes we need to be alone in our cave and we need to process and we need to heal and then we'll come back out. And there's other times where, you know, he's been in the back of that cave for a really long time. And maybe I should venture in and see what's going on. Yeah. You know, and, and I realize that's the juggle and and the balance that comes with men for all of those reasons that you mentioned. So, so thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being, uh, you know, willing, being willing to be a guiding resource for, for, for men who need it. Right, call to action. Ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Saving Dad White Why You Bad Podcast. We love and appreciate you. you know, we are everywhere that you can find podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. You know, we are also on social media. So you should make sure to follow us on Instagram, uh follow us on Twitter, we're not there as much. And make sure, you know, to check out some more videos on YouTube. David, anything else you wanna add? It's single dad, why you mad? Not single dad, why am I mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 why you bad?